Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. I'm back to flying solo this week after two great guest interviews with uh, Shirley O'Neill and Nick Williams in the last two weeks. If you haven't heard them, do check them out. I've received so much positive feedback on, on both episodes. Uh, with Shirley, we discussed coping with change and staff engagement whilst working remotely. And then last week with Nick Williams, it was leadership and in particular, transforming your lived experience into wisdom that you can share with others. And in that chat with Nick as well, we also touched on the topic of creativity and the role of resistance. I have to say, I've listened to both episodes myself more than once uh, when I was out for a walk and I took something new from them each time. So if you haven't heard them, they are episodes I would recommend. But this week, I'm delving into the topic of saying no and not feeling guilty about it. Um, It's something that comes up time and time again with many people I work with. It's an issue for myself as well. Um, And of course, it's not about being rude or unhelpful. But without an, uh, an ability to say no, we'll always feel a bit unbalanced, you know, like we're bending over backwards in some situations or, you know, or with some people or, or feeling drained because we're allowing our mouths to overload our backs, as it were. For me, an ability to say no consciously and politely is a key tool in balancing our commitments to others with our commitment to ourselves. In other words, it's really a function of self-care and well-being. Most of us struggle to say no. You know, it's not that we don't want to turn down some invitations or extra demands on our time. Often it's because deep down we don't feel we can. We have a cocktail of fears and limiting beliefs, preventing the word no, escaping our lips. We seek to avoid conflict or damaging a relationship. We fear negative judgment because as, as chronic people pleasers, we simply don't want to let others down. We might set impossibly high standards for ourselves and saying no would admit would mean having to admit that we that we just can't do it all. So I want to emphasize this point, though, up front before I jump into some tips with you. Um, Learning how to say no is not about becoming rude or unhelpful, nor does it mean not doing your job. Saying no and 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 not feeling guilty about it is really about appropriate assertiveness and being conscious of how you are managing your own time and energy. If your habitual response to requests is to say yes, there is a price to pay. Your priorities, that's if you know them, uh, will sink lower on your own to-do list. You will spread yourself too thin and that just stokes feelings of resentment, frustration and stress. The hidden cost, I always think, is self-betrayal because time and time again, you put your perception of other people's expectations ahead of what you value most. You know, a packed schedule will keep you busy, but automatically reacting to other people's urgencies will distract you from devoting your precious time and energy to what's most important to you. And because we also teach people how to treat us, you open the door for those individuals who who may attempt to take advantage of your giving nature. But anyway, this week is about tips that will help us lean into saying no a little more. But before I share 10 in total, I do want to emphasize again that this is not an episode about how to be awkward or unapproachable. 
you know, we can be strict when it comes to managing our time, but our intention should always be to remain gracious when dealing with people. You know, in addition, there is no one right way to say no, and it's all context dependent. You know, so with the practical tips, the language, the phrases that I'll share with you, see them as a suite of options to try out in a way that you would that you believe would be most appropriate for you. You know, but let's start with uh, contemplating the shackles and what's holding us back. So the first tip for this week is about delving a little bit deeper and trying to uncover, you know, what blocks, what's hindering you, uh, what stops you from saying no when you would like to say no. You know, and for me, I, I always believe that a reluctance to say no is a symptom. So therefore, what's the cause? You know, all behavior has positive intent. So it's worth contemplating why you have a hard time saying no. So as I said earlier, you know, there can be a variety of reasons. Uh, Most will be fear based, you know, the fear of being seen as difficult or not caring, the fear that if you say no to a request or a piece of business, you'll close the door to future opportunities. Certainly in a work context, you may feel that you don't have the authority to say no. Sometimes it's simply a matter of becoming a witness to your own thought processes. That powerful question, what stops you, is the invitation to surface those unconscious beliefs and fears. And when you have a handle on the issue, you can bring your rational mind into play, broaden your perspective on the situation and give yourself permission to perhaps get curious around other ways to respond. So let me delve into some practical tips and language and even hints on phrases to use, because that's really what it comes down to. So the second tip is about keeping it short and sweet. Now, this one is certainly context dependent, and I don't recommend it as your default response. But there are certainly times when you don't have to give a detailed explanation as to why you are not available or why you can't take on a piece of work. And instead of explaining yourself with a laundry list of excuses that you vainly hope will foster sympathy and alleviate guilt, you know, a simple I can't will suffice. As I always remind myself, the word no is a complete sentence in itself. Here are some phrases that I find helpful um, in, in keeping it short and sweet. You know, sorry, I can't. My schedule is full. You know, or unfortunately, I'm unable to take this on. But thank you for thinking of me. I have another commitment, but thank you for the invitation. Uh, this doesn't sound like something I can commit to at this time. Uh, I'm not available is uh, is one that I tend to use, I have to say. Um, and, and for me, that's more effective than, sorry, I don't have the time. And whilst this might sound like you know linguistics, um, sorry, I don't have the time can be more easily seen as an excuse, whereas I'm not available presupposes a variety of pre-existing commitments. And also the fact that we're, we're sort of organized, or at least we're giving that impression. So a, a short and sweet response delivers certainty as well. So people know straight away where they stand. Uh, when I was when I was putting together the tips for this week's episode, I was I was reminded of someone I used to work with years ago back in the 90s when I worked in financial services and I was involved in a project that was uh, focused on a new computer system and business processes uh, all to do with Y2K. Now, that is a phrase will will age me. I think many listeners won't know what I'm talking about, um, but it was to ensure that the computer systems would would still operate when, when the calendar turned 
uh, to the new millennium in 2000. Um, but there was one lady I was working with. She was a peer. She was a colleague. And I think it was on a Tuesday. She had to leave at five on the dot. You know, and sometimes on a project, you know, you were there a little bit later. Um, but she was very strict that she was leaving at five on a, on a Tuesday. Other days of the week, she was more flexible. And she never gave an explanation why, but she was very certain in her delivery. And we accommodated that. You know, I, I tend to find that when we're clear with a boundary, you know, the, the world or the universe or other people sort of, you know, re reaccommodate that. There's more flexibility there than we might think. And it was only many months later uh, that the that the lady I work with said to me over a lunch that um, that on a Tuesday evening she used to go to a knitting class and she never wanted to share that with the group, but it was something that was very important to her and it took her a while to commute to it or whatever and it started at six o'clock. It was precious to her, so she said no to certain commitments after five o'clock because she was saying yes to something that at that time was a priority uh, for her. Tip number three is a little extension of the last one. It's about giving a quick response. And this one is really about managing expectations. I often say avoid saying, you know, you'll revert if you can help someone out. Uh, more often than not, you're giving them false hope and preventing them from perhaps seeking a solution elsewhere. You know, so if you know that you can't take something on, be truthful and say it right away. Um, remember, if you delay, the other person is not likely to disappear. The reminder will usually follow. So be be quick, be upfront and, and manage other people's expectations. Tip number four is about being honest. Now, this one might sound a little bit contradictory to that first one I shared about being short and sweet and you don't need to give an explanation. And, you know, the word no is a complete sentence. But when, you know, when the demand on your time um, or a new task comes from your manager or a close friend or an important client, you know, or someone you already have an existing established relationship with, it's a good idea to provide a little bit more context as to why you have to decline their request. You know, and in this instance, I do feel honesty is the best policy. And when your intention is to be honest and upfront, what I tend to find, you know, reasonable people uh, will respond in a reasonable way. And more of that in a little while, you know, reasonable people will have an understanding when there is an established relationship there. Tip number five is about proposing alternative ways to help. So this is not a, a clear no, it's maybe a maybe, it's something in between, you know, so it doesn't always have to be a strong no. There will be times when you can suggest another option, another path. Um, if I'm saying no to a request, and this is, this is a belief or a principle I try to operate to, so if I'm saying no to a request, I will always try to give the other person something in return. You know, it might be a resource I can forward to them, a link I can share, a potential contact or a piece of advice that they might find helpful. Uh, some tips language wise with this one around proposing alternatives, you know, would include phrases like, you know, well, that doesn't work for me, but how about would that work for you? You know, I'd be delighted to help, but I wouldn't be able to start until. Um, you can also mask a, a no between two yeses. So, for example, you get a request to help organize an event. Uh, you start your response with a positive affirmation or a piece of feedback. You know, thank you for thinking of me. But then in the middle comes the no, you know, but I can't commit at this time. But then you close with maybe an offer of a, of, of a different solution, you know, but maybe I can cast over what you've put together and you can bounce ideas off me. Depends on the situation, of course. 
So proposing alternatives is one that I think is, is a good stepping stone uh, to an outright no. So we're at the halfway point. These tips are coming thick and fast. Uh, tip number six is, is, is a favourite one of mine, I have to say. It's be a cheerleader and not a fixer. Uh, this is one that really should be in every people ma- people manager's toolbox. You're encouraging and empowering the other person to tackle the task themselves, uh, but letting them know that you're available if they have a question or, or need to seek clarity. It's a skill typically associated with delegation. You know, so phrases in this one might be something like, well, you got this, but feel free to check in with me. You know, it, it's that's really what being a cheerleader and empowering others is all about. And I often think in this area, it's like after the phone call or after the email, you know, who's left with the with the action? Is it the is it yourself? Have you taken it on board consciously or unconsciously? Or have you been able to pass it back to the person, maybe with some advice or some pointers? Um, but encouragement for them to to get on with it, as it were. But it is one that's more associated with a people management or delegation type role. Tip number seven is probably a few different tips all wrapped up into one. I call them the three P's, priorities, preempt and proactive. You know, it is easier to say no when you know what you're saying yes to. And this presupposes knowing your priorities. In a work context, this means having a to-do list for the week ahead. And the way I view it, you know, every yes requires a no, and every no clarifies and empowers a yes, because there's always trade-offs. And a tip I find helpful here is to have, um, to compose a not to-do list to accompany my to-do list. Now, hopefully it won't be as long as the to-do list, but it's a little reminder of what I'm looking to steer away from. Now, ideally, we all want to feel that we have a sense of control over our time and over our work. Some jobs, by their nature, are reactive. Uh, Others, there's an opportunity to be more proactive. But irrespective of your role, you can lean towards proactivity by predicting behaviours and requests. You know, if you can predict that a colleague is likely to approach you for a helping hand on a project or that your manager is likely to land something on your desk late on a Friday, you know, you can seek to preempt these requests and pre-plan your response. And what you're really seeking to do there is to honour your own priorities. Tip number eight is a key one for me, and it's one that really, if I'm looking for the ones I pay most attention to, it is this one, I think. And it's uh, reminding myself that how other people respond to me is their choice. Now, this is valid, not just in the context of saying no, it's just part of uh, relationship management, as it were. You know, sometimes people don't respond appropriately after their request is declined. Uh, But as adults, we have the freedom to choose our response in situations. I have the freedom, you have the freedom, other people have the freedom of choice in terms of how they respond. The wider the gap between stimulus and response, the more mature we are and the more we, the more control we exercise. And as I always say, if I cannot control myself, how the hell can I control the situation? In all relationships, we only do 50% of the relating, but we are 100% responsible for our 50%. We can ensure that our intention is to be helpful and professional and we can choose how we respond to other people's responses, you know, and that other person has the same freedom you do. Uh, What I found is that if the other person overreacts, 
it's usually a sign of an unresolved issue that they have elsewhere and that has nothing to do with me. I think that requires repeating as well, because for me, when I heard it recently, at this point when it was reflected back, I, I felt it was a little bit of an aha moment. So if, if other people overreact to you, to you declining a request or to you more broadly, if they overreact, it's really just an indication of an unresolved issue that they have with someone else somewhere else. Uh, but you just happen to be the one in front of them and therefore maybe an easy target. You know, so if someone demonstrates rudeness or lack of professionalism, they're really just advertising who they are and it's not a reflection on you. Tip number nine is all about practice. And I think this is one that's valid for the development of any soft skill. And of course, that's the umbrella heading that saying no would fall under. So enhancing all soft skills involves practice and feedback as you progress in the direction you wish to go. Learning to say no guilt-free is not the same as learning Excel. It requires a little bit more time and attention. You know, for me, a few more words beginning with the letter P pointed the way here. Um, you know, you're predicting a situation where you would like to be more proactive in saying no. Uh, perhaps have a prompt, you know, or a phrase on a post-it note. Um, you know, that's something that I do. I'll actually write out a phrase and have it on my desk that maybe I can refer to um, as a, you know, as a, as a, as a handrail as I'm, as I'm looking to be more, more assertive in this area. You know, practice saying it, even practice saying it to yourself or out loud, you know, and then start small as well. You know, when you decide to push back, you know, something fairly inconsequential, you know, and, and give it a go. Just get used to the, the words coming out of your mouth or typing them on an email and then never forget to acknowledge your own effort as well. It's not necessary about the outcome because sometimes that's not completely within our control, but you can take courage and, and take pride in the fact that you've set your intention to just try something differently in a way that would enable you to feel more proud about yourself. The last tip, number 10, is about getting a little clearer on your own vision for yourself. So if we started these tips with knowing what stops you, that's like trying to remove the shackle or what's holding you back. Vision is something that will pull you forward. You know, so those moments where we say no, those split seconds where we have that choice of doing what we've always done or trying something different, they're what I will I would label critical decision points, like fractions of seconds sometimes. And we can do what we've always done or we can choose to step into the vision we have of ourselves. In the same way, it's easier to say no to a request when you know you're saying yes to a higher priority. Um, it's also easier to say no when you've considered how you want to engage with the world. You know, who do I want to be in those situations? What qualities or traits do I want to tap into? By having a vision for yourself in your role or in your life more broadly, you know, a set of guiding principles or boundaries will naturally fall from that. And therefore, it is far easier to justify on the inside the word no as it tumbles out of your mouth because you've, you've thought about it in advance and you know deep down what you're saying yes to. No, so for example, you know, I will say no to meeting with clients in, in the evening, you know, or at weekends. Um, I have clear boundaries when it comes to work-life balance. 
And now there is the opportunity cost of turning a client away, foregoing the income and, and even the positive word of mouth. But I simply place higher value on quality home time. And my vision for my life doesn't incorporate working outside of normal office hours, as it were. Now, there are a few exceptions to that, but I know what the rules are that I'm making an exception to, if that makes sense. So that last little tip is thinking more broadly around your vision for you, how you see yourself doing your role, ideally, or or how you just want to engage with others um, uh, more broadly. So as we move towards close and some final reflections, let me do a quick recap on those 10 tips. Uh, the first one was getting curious as to what stops you. So if the inability to say no is a symptom, what's some of the causes? And that they, they tend to be fear-based. But that question, what stops you, would at least bring them into awareness. Then there was the start of the, the practical tips and the language tips, uh, keeping it short and sweet, uh, a quick response. So you're managing other people's expectations, uh, being honest, giving a more detailed explanation when uh, there's already an established relationship there, proposing alternatives, um, which is like segueing away from the word no um, in some situations. Um, putting on our delegators or people managers hat where we can encourage others as a, as a cheerleader, not just as a fixer. Then there was a few P words. There was plenty of P words, but the three that were highlighted in tip number seven was priorities, uh, being proactive, preempting some situations. Um, then there was that key one around remembering how other people respond to you is their choice. And if they overreact, it's a sign of unresolved issues that they have elsewhere. Tip nine was about putting in a little bit of practice because it's always about progression in a direction. And then that last one was allowing your vision for you to, to maybe pull you forward into, um, uh, how would I say it, into an expanded version of you where you can be, where you can feel a little bit more in control of your time and your energy and, and how you interact with others. A final distinction that I want to share, um, and again, it might sound that we're playing with words here, but we can, we'll all process things differently. But that's to acknowledge that there is a difference between requests, instructions and orders. Now, orders is a very harsh word. And in most uh, work environments, it will tend to be instructions as opposed to orders. You know, so while there are certainly some work situations where requests that come in are, are really instructions, uh, but too often, and I know I can put my hand up to this, you know, too often we'll interpret all requests as obligations. And I know that's the case for me because I tend to have a habit of interpreting favours to others as an ongoing commitment or an obligation. So by not practising how we say no, we rob ourselves of the power to control our lives and the way we spend our time. For me, learning to say no is really a building block of self-confidence and also well-being. Um, saying no, you know, you're, you're patrolling the boundaries and establishing that your needs are worthy of time and respect. Saying no creates the space for you to focus on the activities that are either at the core of your job or more broadly bring you joy and satisfaction. And let's not forget that our time and our energy are precious commodities. And by learning how to say no, we're demonstrating their value. 
So I hope you found this week's episode uh, helpful. Uh, There was a lot in there, but it's a vast um, topic and it's one that many people will find relevant. I know it's a relevant one for me. Um, And as ever, you can find out more about me and my work, James Sweetman, on my website, jamesweetman.com. If you know of anyone who might find this episode of benefit, uh, please do uh, pass it on to them. And of course, I love to get um, comments or reviews on the episodes. It encourages me to keep going. And of course, it's not too many more weeks now until we'll have the milestone 100th episode. So thank you again for tuning in and until next week.